Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Coming up on this episode of The Entrepreneurial You, it's a battle for attention. It doesn't matter as a marketer where the attention is. You just have to be there. And right now it's on social. Welcome back to The Entrepreneurial You. I'm your host, Henika Watkins-Porto. My guest today is a passionate entrepreneur, motivational speaker, and a consultant who helps firm build brand equity and create wealth through his firm, Digital Global Marketing. When he isn't doing all things digital marketing, he channels his passion for personal development and motivation under the umbrella of his other company, Acume International. Veteran journalist and deputy CEO of Jamaica Information Service, Ian Boyne, calls him a first-rate presenter, having a wealth of information and mastery over same. I'm thrilled to welcome Kemal Brown to the Entrepreneurial You podcast. Kemal, glad to have you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I love that introduction. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad you do. I'm glad you I was, do. I was expecting a drum roll at the end, though, but I mean, you know, I'll, I'll pass for now. Before we get into the meat of the matter, Kemal, I have a random fun question just for you. What is your favorite thing to do in your downtime? Wow. What's my favorite thing to do in my downtime? I think my favorite thing to do in my downtime is read, actually. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if you call it downtime because reading is such an important and vital part of success. But I just find myself, whenever I can, you know, sit alone and kind of relax my mind, um, I, I love to read. And, of course, go to the beach. Though I don't do the same you know, the two things at the same time. Okay. Okay. Is it, <laughs> a one or, people, is it a one or the other? Yeah, man, I know it, some people mm-hmm. go to the beach and read on, you know, sit on the chairs. That's not me. I like, you know, experiencing wherever I'm at. So yeah, downtime, I like to, you know, just chill at the beach or um, really get in and read. So you don't profile when you go on the beach. It's just the beach. You, you, nah, man, I go to flash my, I don't know if your listeners know if you have my profile up, but uh, I have, a, I have locks. So I go and flash my locks like Baywatch and run on the beach and, you know, do my day work. <laughs> My David Hasselhoff and look left and right and you know it's have fun. I mean it's all about fun. Okay, awesome. So you mentioned that you love to read in your downtime. What is one of the books that you have read that would have stood out for you? Um, definitely two. Ed Catmull's Creativity Inc. I I mean that book blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's I love Pixar movies. I'm a big animated movie fan. Like Ratatouille is my oh. stuff. Yeah. Okay. So so I read, but the book is really about corporate culture. And, you know, how do you really build a great company? So I love Ed Catmull, Creativity Inc. And the next book it deals with personal finances, The Richest Man in Babylon. I really suggest it to everybody I can because the ideas just really revolutionized how I saw finance, how I saw work. Uh, the book speaks to, you know, making work your best friend. And I've definitely done that. And that alone has really, you know, translated into some, some level of success for me. So, yeah, those are my two recommendations for now. I could go on and on, but... Time is limited and ambition is infinite, right? Awesome. So let me let me just say to our listeners that 
if Kemal, while he's talking, if he says something that connects with you and you want to connect with him during this time, you can also tweet at, tweet at him at Kemal L. Brown. So he's Kemal L. Brown on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and most of the social media, well, pretty much all the social media that he's on. Website is www.digitalglobal.com. Kemal, you're a speaker. You're a coach, you're an entrepreneur, and I really want to zone in on your digital marketing firm. What would you say accounts for your success? Well, I think all things flow from the mind. Um, so definitely, you know, the approach that I take, and I mean, interestingly, I'm having a little issue with one of my vendors, um, you know, someone that I retain to help me with a project. And... It stemmed from the lack of communication. I think our value proposition really is trying to understand people and really understanding that there's only one boss who is the client. One, our mastery of, you know, the space. I mean, we really try to stay on the cusp of anything new in digital media. But really and truly, I think our sole value proposition is our, you know, our, our commitment to excellence, which is our core philosophy, Kaizen. You know, caring about the team, which is so very important. So many people treat their employees as just that. But these are actually team members. These are your family that will help you to, you know, actualize your dreams. So I really try to care about my team. As a young company, of course, resources are limited. But, you know, we do simple things like birthdays and buy, you know, everybody chips in and gets cake. Um, you know, anything where, you know, game nights and, you know, lots of things to try to spur a feeling of affinity and culture, you know, esteem within the team so that they can deliver the best results. Um, I think really and truly, though, understanding the craft, building the social media skill set to be able to deliver value every time for the clients has really what's put our name out there. I mean, when we were only two years old, we um, retained Caricom as a client, which, as you know, is a regional body that doesn't touch you unless you're about three years old. But just, just based on my passion and my capacity to explain what we're actually going to achieve for them, how we're going to do it, and really just professionalism and how we communicated with them. We won them over and we ended up getting that contract. And from then, we've done a lot of work with a lot of different people. But definitely the attitude that we bring towards our work. I think attitude is the umbrella term for everything I've just said. Our work ethic, our attitude towards you know maintaining a growth mindset so that we keep learning and keep growing in our craft. Um, attitude towards how we treat our team members and our clients. Very, very important. And our attitude towards communication and our core value of excellence. You know, It's something that we really, really value here. So I'm hearing you and I really want to zone in a little more on what you just said about, you know, being so customer centric, customer focused. How important do you think that is for the growth of any business, you know, not to focus on what it is that you want as a company to accomplish, but what it is that your client, your customer really needs? Yeah, I was listening to a um, YouTube video and I spoke to, you know, as a, as a CEO, as a young CEO or as any CEO, being able to temper your ego. You see, a lot of businesses, and I mean, I find this, you know, they treat the client uh, as if, you know, they're entitled to do business with them. Like, you have to do business with me on the basis that, you know, I am me and whatever it is, right? And that's not true. I mean, customers have many choices. This is why customer service is so important. Customers have many choices and places that they can spend their money with. That can deliver similar results to you. You might say you're a little bit better or maybe a little bit worse. Um, the real delineator is how you treat the customer. I think it's the most important thing in business because the customer pays the bills. I mean, I've had many times when, you know, like maybe a customer was disgruntled or, or, you know, certain things that happened that they might not have been pleased with. And my team members want to respond a certain way. And I said, hold on one second here. Hold on one second. Who's pay, who pays the bills here? Who enables you to, you know, have a salary? Um, and it's not to say that we, you know, take disrespect and just 
um, you know, sweep it under the carpet. Um, but at all times, we have to maintain professionalism when you're speaking to somebody, when you're relating to them. Make it clear that you understand their grievances. Make it clear that you're working, you know, as swiftly as possible to correct it and really show them that you care. I think that's the number one word. You really have to care. You can't see these people as money. I mean, I tell my clients all the time. I mean, if you just because you're not paying us to do something doesn't mean we won't do it. We probably won't do it every time. But there are a lot of fringe benefits with working with my company because we really want to help you succeed. I mean, it's not money to me. I mean, money is good for, you know, paying the bills and taking care of yourself and, you know, buying the boat in a couple of years. You can, you can come take a, a stroll with me, Henneke. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But, but it's really, I mean, just being able to help someone with their business, seeing their business grow, seeing them get the results. That brings a smile to my face. It warms my heart when I know that my company is actually having a tangible impact. Yeah. Um, and the customer is the only way you do that. People have to believe in you. I mean, belief is so, is so, so important because starting, I mean, my company is six months old, right? Six months um, or seven now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we started with zero dollars. I mean, we didn't get any venture capitalist money. I didn't even invest any, you know, heavy capital into the company coming, coming from being a lecturer and other things. You know, I started digital with the mindset that I wanted to elevate the domestic and regional design, um, you know, space. And just, you know, show the power of social media, show the power of digital media for driving sales, um, you know, augmenting perception about your brand and a lot of other goals. Yeah. And when I, the very first thing that I started, the first check that I actually got started the company. So I never went the route of trying to find money. I was like, well, if my skills, because I was only employee at one point, clearly, if my skills can build something great and I can treat people in such a way that they want to do business with me because recurring clients are the most important, not, you know, getting one big deal once. You don't scale off of getting big deals here and there. You scale off, um, you know, return customers. So treating those people. So, I mean, one of the very first things I did, um, I set up, you know, I try to get everybody's birthdays, all the clients' birthdays. I had my graphic designer do a um, bespoke card, you know, a thank you card for doing mm-hmm. business with us. Mm-hmm. Um, we set up our mail chain so that we would mine data about, you know, like their kids, um, their kids' birthdays, their favorite colors, like try to get, information and insights on them to show that we were you know we cared beyond just getting your money and and delivering the service um you know i mean buying little tokens at christmas i mean it's not like we're capital heavy right but small tokens just showing consideration i mean one of my clients recently from caricom he recently um he fell he fell at the airport and like really hurt his back and you know i constantly check up on him not because i have to not because i want his money but because we care and once, when you go the extra mile with your clients, when you really show them that, you know, it, be, it goes beyond this. And I always like to say at the beginning of my meetings, and your listeners can use this one, right? It's, it's like a killer. They always love it. It's a, it goes, you know, I'm not trying to close deals. I'm trying to open relationships. Awesome. Awesome. And that, yeah, man. And that one, there was like, hmm, well, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty nice, you know? Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and, you know, and, um, and it always changes the spectrum in such a way that they see that I'm not just there for the money. I mean, really and truly, I have to temper myself sometimes because I'd go beyond, you know, like so far for my clients. I'd want to give them everything and never charge them extra. And I have to like kind of pull myself back sometimes and say, hey, you know, you're kind of putting more work on the team. So you kind of have to be compensated. But really and truly, it's about helping people. Kemal, you've mentioned quite a lot, right? I mean, I hear you talk about bootstrapping. I hear you talking about relationships. And for me, I've been in business a couple of years myself. And I recognize that, you know, business is more relationship and it really is business. And so I want our listeners to take that away and also take away, you know, when you're just starting, you really need to bootstrap. You really need to be looking 
on every single dollar that you're spending and, and question, do, do I have to make that spend? And if you don't have to make that spend, then don't do it. Right? Precisely. Um, couple you know, decades we didn't get ago. company t-shirts till, till, till like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not, what do you need? You need employees. You need to be able to pay your staff. I'm happy to say I've never paid my team members late. Never. Awesome. Not once. Awesome. And couple, just a few decades ago, right? Uh, traditional media was a thing. Nobody would have thought that digital media would have become so prevalent. Now, I want you to take us through um, what you believe or the future of digital marketing and what it is that you're offering, what you think the future of digital marketing is. Is it replacing traditional media? Well, I think, I think there's a dynamic interplay happening, right? And you have, to, you have to assess digital media looking at the adoption curve and looking at um, the generational groupings because generations take in information differently. Um, but digital media really represents change. So the internet came along and the internet, you know, had this set of computers somewhere networked together and stored all the information on the internet, created nodes and search, you know, blocks such as Google that you can use to find respective information. Um, but the internet, all these websites are kind of disconnected. Yeah. And they're all, they're, they're on one internet, but I mean, they're all, you know, hosted on their respective servers and kind of disconnecting. You have to find your way to them. Yeah. Or you have to search for them. It's like a kind of like a maze, eh? (laughs) Almost. The distinction (laughs) distinction between digital media and primarily social media is that you're you're in one platform. So Facebook has, you know, like near to 2 billion users now um, on both the messenger platform and the main platform. And then you have Instagram, which is, you know, a behemoth. And you have Twitter, which is like 300 and something million. And it's it's kind of declining um, a bit. But you have these networks. And the thing is, people already live there. I mean, if you look around and you see... All age groups, even, I mean, 50, 60, 70-year-olds are catching on to this smartphone thing, yeah? And they look in their phone and they're seeing, you know, talking to their kids on WhatsApp or their grandkids or, you know, going on Facebook and signing up and all these different things. And what you find is that you have all these people in one space and you can push content to them. So they're already scrolling down their newsfeed. Why not just interject your piece of content there? Um, And you don't want to make it like I said content, not an ad, because advertising, I mean, people hate ads. You can think when you're watching TV, you just press flash anytime, you know, uh, ad, your, your show goes to commercial break and then you come back, you just hit flash because people hate ads. So we know what ads are. We're kind of in a space where we know what ads are. And that, that spells a negative thing for traditional advertising because not many marketers are creating content um, using traditional mediums. They're just creating two minute, 30 second blocks, you know, of advertising that um, they try to push in between something and try to get your attention for those seconds. But the problem is we have seven second attention spans. We have goldfish attention spans now because of smartphones. So how do you how do you penetrate the minds of these people that don't have time, that are multitasking and, you know, live in a multi-screen environment? So at any one time we're looking at three screens, your phone, your laptop and maybe your television. The problem with the Nielsen box is it can't track if you're watching it. It just tracks when it's on. Digital, however, and Facebook, I mean, they have, when you're watching a video, you can see the minute or the second that that video piked in terms of peak viewership. I mean, what, what digital is, is really giving you actionable data that you can draw inferences from and then make, you know, informed decisions and actions to optimize your marketing. And Facebook, um, which is my favorite social media network, just because I think it's the catch all. Facebook has, I think, the most sophisticated ad advertising technology in terms of the interest-based targeting and a plethora of tools. I mean, you can even upload an email list to Facebook and target people there. As soon as you, because of their connection with WhatsApp, they purchased it. You can, as soon as you add somebody, um, 
somebody's number, you can use that as a um, you know a node of information to target people with. So digital media is really the evolution of the internet. Then I started looking at the internet and what it is. It adds context to the internet. So the internet was just a space where you know a lot of information is and so on and so forth. Digital allows it to be contextualized and you can focus right um, attention where you want it because the attention is on Facebook already and that's what marketers fight over anyways attention. I mean, as Gary Gary V, who is like the boss, you know what I'm saying, um, likes to say, it's a battle for attention. It doesn't matter as a marketer where the attention is. You just have to be there. And right now it's on social. So the future of digital marketing is, I mean, we're looking at virtual reality. I mean, I just bought a VR headset to test it. It is crazy. Um, the, the immersion that's going to take place once this technology becomes much more you know, pervasive and widely available, it's going to really trans. I think we'll be living in digital worlds. Um, more than even more than we already are. I All mean, right, you know, and in, immersion. in this in this digital world, what I want to find out from you, and I'm sure our listeners want to know, with all these uh, plethora of social media that you have available to use, how can you ensure that one, you're using it correctly, and two, even know which platform to choose? Okay, well, every platform has its respective audiences and has its benefits. So clearly, if you're, if you're, you know, it depends on your brand. It depends on what you're trying to sell. I mean, if your brand is heavily, you know, based on visuals, um, clearly Instagram might be the place for you. If you're looking at millennials, um, you know, Instagram, I think, is, is, the, is you know, the, the main place where the millennial population is. Um, because what happens is the networks age up. So Facebook is getting older because as soon as, you know, parents get on Facebook, kids get off. Probably. yeah you, you know, know you don't want to be in the same your space request. yeah you know you don't want your mom sending you a friend request like what is my mom and then you have to deny her like you know you gotta get off because you don't want to not get dinner that day right, right? Like, <laughs> so so you find that the network's age up so snapchat currently you know has a lot of youth demographic but then instagram live um you know just came back yeah that's, instagram that's live. Not, sorry that's, instagram stories right. so i mean it's really tied to your brand you have to understand yourself be self-aware know what the respective networks offer and you have to jump in. I mean, the reality is you can't sit on the sidelines. You have to become proficient. You have to create engaging content. You have to be aware of your voice, your brand voice, the persona that you're trying to reach, because that will inform how you set up your content. And I mean, you know, create your content calendar. There's a lot of pragmatic steps. I mean, I have blogs on the website that can ha- actually help your listeners kind of understand a certain things. Even if they need to hire a social media manager, we have blogs on what the ideal manager looks like and so on and so forth. Um, but pragmatism has, to, you have to be real. And number one, you have to pay. If anybody comes to you and says, hey, you know, you don't have to pay for any advertising where they make you see, you know, 5 million people are going to see your content, 20 million people, you're going to get 50 million views, you'd have to pay a cent, watch out. <laughs> yeah, so we know about the whole um, algorithm that these different platforms uh, use. How can you keep current with all these um, social media platforms and the changes? The, the main thing I said is, you know, in the beginning, you have to have a growth mindset to be in this industry. Just the other day, Facebook reduced its organic reach once again. Now, organic reach is non-paid reach, meaning when you post something, how much of your audience actually has the potential to see the post? Yeah, that's organic reach. They recently reduced that. Currently, I think if you have over 100,000 fans, you're getting a 2% um, organic reach, meaning only what? 2,000, if my math is correct. People will see that that post. So you have to put um, you know, paid advertising um, to ensure that, I mean, you have to pay to play. I mean, there's no short answer. You're co- you have to create the engaging content clearly, and you can have you know spontaneous wins like the Chewbacca lady um, that was unintentional. I'm not sure if you saw that video. Um, yeah, well, she went viral, you know, and, and 
crazy amount of views. I think the highest views on Facebook ever. And that was just you know, her laughing in front of a camera um, at a true back. So there's a lot of spontaneity. But when you're trying to create content, um, you want consistency. You want to have your voice down. And you want to know the intent of your content. Yeah, so you want to know what are you trying to achieve before you create this. And you can easily know if it's going to work by just having, you know, simple focus groups or not even, if you're not even going to go that deep, do a low production version of what you're trying to do so that it's not going to kill your pocket. Because there's a lot of failed ad campaigns, by the way, both video and, you know, pictures and everything. There's a lot of failed ad campaigns. But what you have to do is look at the data. That's how you actually know if you're winning because take a data-driven approach. Um, you know, look at the types of content you're putting out. Is it the best type of content for this network? Are people clicking through to your website? You know, do you have a Facebook pixel on your website to track conversion so that you can see, you know, the best performing content and what actually gets the action that you want your, you know, your um, followers or your prospective customers to take? Because social media really sits at the top of the marketing funnel. So you use that to attract people, but you got to send them somewhere. Yeah, and as much as Facebook is, you know, trying to create the space where you never have to leave the platform, most people are still operating from their websites, you know, using social to drive traffic to their websites, to sell a respective product, be it digital or physical. Um, so really, you have to know yourself, be self-aware, look at the network that can best suit, you know, suit your needs, um, look at your advertising strategy, look at your content strategy, develop a content calendar for daily posting so that you remain consistent. Because in many ways, social media is like having a conversation. If I'm talking to you today and I don't talk to you tomorrow or don't talk to you for a month, will you still be my friend? No. Not a close friend. <laughs> <laughs> you right. like an associate, right? Like an associate exactly. over there somewhere. So um, I want to buy something from you. <laughs> On this note, I just want to pause to remind our listeners that we are speaking with Kemal Brown and you can tweet at him at Kemal L. Brown. That's Kemal L. Brown. And also he's available on Instagram. He's on Instagram and Facebook at Kemal L. Brown as well. So Kemal, I want to find out from you now. You also have a, co a speaking company, right? You are a speaker. Um, and the feedback that we've gotten, the reviews that we've gotten um, about your engagements that you, you know, that you've been a part of have been all excellent. So we want you also to share with us about that aspect of your business. Well, Akium, Akium arose out of a need, um, both internally for me and, you know, externally for what I saw in society. Um, not, not just for general motivation, but for understanding of self. Because that's where all things flow from, personal development. I mean, I was just listening to Jim Run before you called. And that's one thing I think your listeners have to take away. You know, you have to be progressively focused on improving yourself daily. Right. I remember um, it was um, Zig Ziglar who says that some person said that motivation doesn't last. Neither is bathing. Precisely. That's why we recommend it daily. It daily. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it daily, right? Right, uh, right, right. Everything runs out. I think people have an understanding of life that, you know, I'm just not motivated or I'm not a motivated person or no. I mean, the world is a negative place and you have to insulate yourself from that. Yeah. Through daily activities. Um, and the people that develop daily habits of motivation are the ones that win and stay in a positive mental space at all times. So Akium, I mean, I would talk to my students. I was a lecturer in a past life. I taught political science at the university here. Go figure. And you're doing digital uh, marketing. I know. right? <laughs> no, I've been a salesman all my life. Like since I was five, I've been selling. Yeah. So so it was only natural. I've always been an entrepreneur in my mind. I mean, this was never something that, you know, I had to fight for. It just was in me. Um, so 
yeah, so I, I would talk to people, right? I mean, I would talk to my class and like, sir, I always be motivated. I mean, I would get these testimonials from my students. You know, it really wasn't about the politics. You just made me feel better about myself, about what I could achieve in life. I mean, when I talk to my friends, when I, anybody, I just, I just always hated seeing people, you know, be the underdog or felt, you know, feeling low about themselves. So I was always trying to pick people up. And after a while, it just, the resounding, you know, sentiment in the air was, you know, this guy is motivational. Every time I talk to him, I leave feeling powerful. So I said, okay, well, if I can do this for individuals, I mean, I can take it to another level. At the time I was listening to a lot of Les Brown, a lot of Jim Rohn, a lot of um, Tony Robbins, a lot of Grant Cardone, a lot of different people. Uh, because I like to say, you know, I speak from one mouth, but from many minds. Uh, my mentors are, that's you know, deep. that's deep. That's a, that's a Twitter moment right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but I have, I have a plethora of quotes. I find the thing just comes to me. I don't have to try and think deep. I'll just be reflecting on life. And like, so one day I was thinking about, you know, marriage. And I was like, you know, really and truly um, to become who you're destined to be, you have to divorce who you are. You have to you have to despise the weakness within you and really push towards manifesting greatness. So, I mean, I have, you know, I think deeply about a lot of things in relation to just who we are as people. And I listen to a lot of motivational material and that from that sprung the desire to really help companies. And, and, you know, I mean, I just did a speech for Vistaprint, their managers um, over the weekend. And, you know, I mean, I just love what I do. I just love speaking. I just love seeing people's eyes change. They move from, you know, um, erratic to focused. They move from, you know, bored to completely immersed in what you're saying because they can find those, you know, th those um, strings of, what would you call it, relatability. And, you know, I, I do agree. We need to, also, you know, always be feeding our minds with positive stuff, you know. Some of us, many of us would have grown up with hearing negative words spoken to us over and over again. And the, the studies say that we need to hear um, for every negative word that we would have heard, we need to hear a positive 17 times to override that one negative. So we have to constantly feed our minds. And, you know, I love what you're doing, motivating people, inspiring, because that is important. As you say, we're faced with all these negatives on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, we live in the Caribbean, right? Um, it's a beautiful place. I mean, we, we live on beautiful islands. Um, here in Jamaica, it's awesome. But we, we can't ignore that, you know, there's, there are things that we would rather not have. And so how do we circumvent those? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... Everything, as I said in the very beginning, stems from the mind. And I think how we perceive ourselves as a Caribbean people, and just, I mean, globally, I mean, Caribbean is not the only place with small minds. And I say small minds, not in the capacity of, you know, not being intellectually, you know, um, what do you call it? Qualified or strong or smart, you know, not being smart, but just how we perceive ourselves. Yeah, perception. So, yeah, man, we won't take certain risks because it's, oh my God, I can lose this. Oh my God, you know, uh, even, even our best entrepreneurs or some of them, they're still, you know, not really risk takers. They go in safe industries. And I mean, that's why we typically adopt technology here very late, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're like, boy, well, I don't know about that. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I try to stay on, you know, the beat of mm -hmm. everything because I understand every P every new tool presents opportunities, not just for revenues, but for creating, um, you know, spaces where employees can be employed. Um, you know, development can be, I mean, micro activity, you know, has macro impact, mm -hmm. just like micro content has macro impact on social micro activity has macro impact. I mean, the 10 people that I've employed, I will 12 now, um, they can then go on to, you know, have their little mini business. I, I encourage entrepreneurship for my team and they can have little mini businesses or businesses that grow larger than mine. 
and employ people. So it's really about a spirit imbuing that spirit of entrepreneurship, that spirit of risk-taking, that spirit of intelligent risk-taking, um, because I find that, you know, it's a lot of bullshit mm-hmm. um, in the entrepreneurial space, both here and abroad. A lot of people want to be CEOs, so they register a company and they get a nice little business card and say, hey, mm-hmm. I'm CEO. Yeah, the ego. It's about the ego. Yeah, All so right, um, Kemal, <laughs> we want you to, before you go, yeah. leave with us one piece of advice for our listeners. You know, they are thinking about entrepreneurship, whatever it is, whatever field it may be. One piece of advice that you can leave with or listeners one piece mm-hmm. i got like three <laughs> well you know what uh, right. go yeah, ahead share share away i'll stick here i'll stick here. yeah i mean one the very first thing is to have a mind that equips you for success okay and wh- what does that mean yeah, what mind. does that mean right what does that mean the limitless mind is a mind committed to daily growth it's a mind that is positive and eradicates all perceptions of loss and weakness you don't see failure as failure you see failure as lessons And it's really a mind that understands that you have to surround yourself with motivational people, people that inspire you, motivational content, content that drives you, right? And just everything regarding, you know, preserving that, that not peace of mind, but the veracity towards life, like you want it. And that segues right into the next thing, which is work ethic. I mean, there was one point, you know, about a year ago, I was working seven days a week. And this is not to say this has to be everybody's life. Clearly, I don't have children. I mean, I'm in a relationship, but um, I know for your female listeners, like tears just fell right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you're not just you. You are just too much. I can't manage. I can't manage. <laughs> but 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 uh, you know, you have you really have to want it. I mean, desire and obsession has to be a part of your daily pro quo. Like, I want this. I mean, I read at least two hours a day. I I just I get up. I say affirmations in the morning. I meditate every single day. I, you know, I just do everything I need. I just love work. I've made work my best friend. It's my best friend. It, it brings everything I ever wanted to me. So for people that say, I hate it's Mondays, I'm like, are you crazy? Like you get a new day, my, your hands work fine, probably, or hopefully your legs work. If you have your, you know, your, your, your extremities are working fine. You're complaining. I mean, stop complaining. Oh, you know, get out there and do stuff. And I mean, hustle, it's really about hustle. As Gary Vee likes to say, you know, it's hustle. Um, and really and truly have a vision of yourself that's beyond where you are right now. See your higher self and work really daily to achieve that person, to become that person. Work daily, intently, and really be motivated towards your goals and vision because it, it's, it's, it's possible. In other it's words, like, in other words, huh? begin with the end in mind, huh? Precisely. Vision is key. Okay. All right. So we are wrapping up now. We're about to wrap up. But before we actually started our interview and our pre-interview chats, Kemal, you did tell me that you have a giveaway for our listeners. I want you to just go right ahead and tell us about that. Well, actually, I have a choice. You know, you can choose one or the other. Um, It's going to be, I'm I'm giving a talk at this um, conference for young entrepreneurs called Hustle in about March. And I'm going to develop an ebook out of that, out of my um, keynote talk. I think it's going to be called The Hustler's Manifesto. <laughs> so I'm going to develop an ebook out of that. So that ebook will be on my website, kemalbrown.com, available for free. And then I'm going to have an ebook, you know, the 10 mistakes that businesses make in social media and trying to, you know, get your business on social or even improve sales or achieve your company's goals through social. And that's going to be on digitalglobal.com. So that's two giveaways for your listeners. And I hope you subscribe to all my stuff so that we can keep in touch. All right. And remind us of your website as well as your social media handles. 
Yeah, so my website is kemalbrown.com. That's my personal speaker website. And then there's Digita, no L, Digita Global. I'll tell the story to how I, you know, the name and why there's no L later. Okay. Maybe another episode, right? But yeah. So <laughs> in, in part two of our, yeah, our, our two, talk, right? right? And okay. digitalglobal.com. And, and you know out. what? You know what? You know what, Kemal? I want to hear that story. <laughs> so um, finish telling us your social media handle and then tell us that story. Okay. Yeah. So kemalbrown.com and at its digital for the digital media um, company for digital. Yeah. So, I mean, we really just want to take things global as the name is indicative of and, you know, go, go large, go big or go home. Yeah. So the story now, yeah. So one day I was in downtown Miami and I was walking um, next to this, it was the antique building and it was called Digital House. And, you know, I, I looked at the building. It was like in this vinyl type of, I don't know, the building is really interesting. So I walked over and as I was walking under the sign, right, the L from the digital house, it fell and it almost hit me, right? So I fell and I back, you know, it fell right between my legs. I dropped back. I'm like, holy crap, I almost got hit in the head by this thing. Wow. So I look up and I see Digita. And I'm like, you know, I love how that rolls off the tongue. And the best and most interesting part of this story is that it's completely a lie. <laughs> I, I really just like how it rolls off the tongue. Kimmel, uh, Kimmel, <laughs> Kimmel, Kimmel. I don't think our listeners are going to forgive you for this. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, honestly and truly, I just love how the name rolled off the tongue. And our, our logo is a fingerprint because we, you know, our, our tagline is enhancing your digital identity. And every business has a distinct identity. And, you know, we want to help your fingerprint get out there. We want to leave your imprint on the world. And that's our, you know, that's what we aim to do. Kemal, it has been an awesome, awesome pleasure having you on the Entrepreneurial You. I know that our listeners enjoyed every moment of it and thank you so much for being a part of the show thanks so much for having me Annika. and all success to all your ventures i mean i'm i'm really inspired by you as well what you're doing with the patwa brand what you're doing with this podcast i mean you have you know some excellent speakers lined up i'm humbled to be a part among them awesome thank you so much until next time i'm Henika watkis sporzo remember you were born to win but to be a winner you must plan to win prepare to win and expect to win. What good?